0: The show, What's up dolphins fans and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your team your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Monday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, week 17 in the NFL is a wrap. We'll unpack all the action that had an impact on the Miami Dolphins, get the five takeaways with a general overall season sense to those takeaways and tell you what's ahead for your Miami Dolphins this offseason as well as on the Drive Time podcast. All of that and more on this Monday, January, the 4th edition of the Drive Time podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Dolphins fall in Buffalo 56-26. to 26. Not the way you want the season to end here, obviously. Quickly, let's go ahead and just jump into the game and talk about it a little bit before we go ahead and turn the page and start looking ahead to what's next. And first off, I was... I think this game had a lot of intrigue for multiple reasons. We didn't know exactly how the Bills were going to play this thing. They ended up taking out Josh Allen in the second half, but he did plenty of damage in that first half, and then from there the Buffalo ground game, and even Matt Barkley had some success in that second half. On offense for the Dolphins, kind of stuck in the mud a little bit early on, couldn't get things going, found themselves down 28-6 to at the break, and they wind up coming out for that third quarter with an impressive drive with some intermediate and vertical shots and wind up in the end zone on that drive with a nice balance of passing the ball, around the football, throwing some screen passes there in that game. Opened it up, got some offensive success, pushed the ball down the field. We saw the long touchdown pass at the end of the game there to Malcolm Perry late. That was cool to see as a kind of punctuation there for the offense to finish off that strong second half. I was also curious to see how they worked in Devontae Parker and Mike Gasicki. Who would get more action between Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed? Miles had some production early on in the game. Different personnel grouping options out there for them as well giving themselves plenty of chances to get a look at what they want to do going forward, you know, if this season were to extend, but also into 2021 with all those different options they had out there as far as guys being healthy and getting back into the lineup. Offensive linemen had all six of the usual starters or guys that have started regularly this season for the Miami Dolphins. All those guys were available. We wind up seeing Eric Flower start at left guard, Jesse Davis at right guard, Solomon Kinley was the was on the bench for the game, although he was active and ready to play in this one. I was also curious to watch how Miami defended Matt Barker should he come into the game compared to how Josh Allen did or how they defended Josh Allen rather and they sent a bunch of good stuff after Allen early on in the game and had some success there. But as we'll talk about here in just one second, things just tur- turned in a hurry and got much worse for the Dolphins. So with the five takeaways on today's podcast and the entire podcast, we're going to make it brief, make it short and kind of have a general overall season and offseason sense to it rather than just kind of harping on the one game, 56-26, not the result you wanted, obviously. Dolphins finish out the season 10-6 and six and do not get the help they need across the postseason uh, playoff board. They're the Colts win against the Jaguars in the late window and that ends the Dolphins' season Right there at 10 and six because of Browns and Ravens wins earlier in the day. So 10-win season, that's, I mean, double-digit wins. That was the first time we had gotten to that point since 2016. Dolphins won 10 games back in 2003 and missed the playoffs that year as well. So 10-win seasons have not been all that gracious to this Miami Dolphins team. But I think if you look back in the beginning of the season, where this team came from in 2019 to now in 2020, you have to kind of have a general, okay, five-game improvement, had a lot of things go our way and turn that direction for this Dolphins team with a big step forward here in year number two. Disappointing Week 17, and that takes us right in to the first takeaway, talking about this Dolphins defense that finishes the season number one in third downs and in takeaways on the season with their 29 takeaways on defense this year. And against that Buffalo Bills first team offense early on, you thought maybe that same defense was going to ride this thing out for the entire game and get themselves a big victory here in Week 17 because they were showing all kinds of different looks, putting pressure on Josh Allen, delayed blitzes, getting pass rush pressure in the backfield with the linebackers, the defensive end, the defensive tackles, bringing defensive backs on the rush, and just kind of had the Buffalo offense, which had been so dynamic of late, kind of reeling there in the first three possessions. Couldn't find much, couldn't get anything going. And I know it was only the couple of series, but that looked at that moment like, they kind of figured out this quarterback who's been such a thorn in the side of this Dolphins team since he came into the league with all the things and traits and skill sets that he offers with the ability to go off script and beat you with his legs and, and run from a, a zone read scripted run look and then obviously the insane arm talent that he has there but he played great in this game like he has all season long this Buffalo Bills offense ha- offense has all season long to win 13 games out of their 16 this season but it just didn't start that way Dolphins were getting pressure on him that Andrew Van Ginkle big big sack early on where he basically froze the left tackle by pushing upfield then crossing face with a crossover step and that got the tackle kind of frozen up got his feet stuck together and Van Ginkle swarmed inside and got the sack on Josh Allen which is always a cha- uh, challenge to get that guy down when you're kind of squared up in the open field with him he's so big but also can make a move and make a guy miss so a good job there by Van Ginkle to get that sack down and then it goes back to our theme kind of throughout the season here the play before the play and the Dolphins on the following play get a big coverage interception out of Byron Jones what I mean by that was Allen was back in the pocket there for a solid three four maybe five seconds and Byron Jones just stays in the hip pocket plasters on his man once he breaks off the initial route and gets in that hip pocket and not only does he bat the football in the air he, dri- he drives in the route bats the football in the air secures the catch looks down taps the toes in there and we've talked this season to Byron on the podcast and, and other various platforms here within the Dolphins Network uh, on press conferences and that sort of thing about how he's worked on his ball skills working you know off to the side before practice during kind of some stretching or warm-ups or as guys are coming onto the field we saw That almost every single day in training camp, where he was getting that extra work. He spoke to it about, I spoke about it himself, talking about the extra work with Xavier Howard working on the interceptions or ball skills and and locating the football and bringing that thing down and making the catch. So he winds up with a career high two interceptions on the season with that fantastic catch. Just a a good way to look at how these guys work a thing and they apply that thing to the game and it gets production here from Byron Jones and then just that constant pressure and the incomplete passes back-to-back throws from Josh Allen to Dawson Knox there with Eric Rowe in coverage on that second series to force that punt they force a timeout in that drive with an amoeba look on the third and eight down where they kind of stand guys up and walk them around different gaps and threaten pressure in different gaps got them kind of off their game and off rhythm early the third possession again another just strong defensive showing here from Miami Eric Rowe makes another great play on Isaiah McKenzie on an end around, Christian Wilkins has a big run stop, and then Emmanuel Ogba just steamrolls a right tackle to force an incompletion. But then the Bills got their fourth possession and they got things going from there. Seven points on the, or zero points in the first three drives, even after that first possession, when maybe it was looking like, okay, Josh Allen has gotten his franchise record for passing. Might they pull him out of the game? And that at that point it was four possessions with seven points, which was an average of 1.75 points per drive. Actually a smidge higher than Miami's average on the season coming in. They were third in the NFL, allowing just 1.65 points per drive this season, and mind you, this was a Buffalo offense that had been scoring an average of 4.5, 4.5, 4.53 points per drive over their last two games with 86 points on 19 drives. So early you're you're looking at this thing saying this Dolphins defense, they gotta be on this Buffalo offense, a strength on strength. And it looks like Miami came to play. But then things just cavalcaded from there and just got worse and worse. Isaiah McKenzie just won his one-on-one matchups throughout the course of the game. couple of touchdown receptions, had the big 84-yard punt return for a touchdown. And L- Allen just threw the ball so well to the intermediate portion of the field. They were picking up those chunks once the offense got rolling, you know, 12, 15, 20 yards at a time. And the Dolphins' bullets just kind of seemed to run out at that point after that third or fourth drive. Like they kind of unloaded the chamber and just Allen had an answer after that. And the Miami couldn't really kind of bounce back and get back on track defensively. Let's go go ahead and play a little bit of audio we do have for this podcast before we kind of flip this thing back over and talk about some of the positives from the game. First, let's go ahead and hear from Coach Flores on what he saw from this game. Just three phases, not good enough, according to Coach Flores. We didn't play well in any phase. Offense, defense, special teams. It's a team. It's a team effort. We could talk about the offense. We can talk about the defense. We can talk about the special teams. You know, I didn't do a good enough job of getting them ready to go. So we'll talk about the coaching as well. If we win as a team, we lose as a team. We didn't play well enough across the board, and that was really the theme throughout the course of the press conferences post game. From Brian Flores to Atunga Vailoa, Jesse Davis, and Xavier Howard, all spoke to the media after the game and just it just said it wasn't good enough in all three phases. Xavier Howard talked about his interception a little bit and how it didn't really you know feel good in a loss like that. So, same message, same same idea there from the Dolphins in the press and the post game press conferences. But back to the to the football game and to this team. Uh, two more interceptions. That gives them 28 takeaways, which again is the most in the National Football League this season. They do wind up with the number one third down defense in the National Football League, and they are still working on a uh, streak that will go into next season of 22 straight games with a takeaway on defense. And in that department, I mean, things are certainly looking up here in year two under Brian Flores just adhering to his vision and his message and putting it out there on the football field and really playing a 16-game season that I think fans and this team should be proud of because this team was a lot of fun to watch this year, and they really competed in their butts off in pretty much every single game throughout the course of the season. Some big-time wins, some blowout wins, some really safe and secure wins throughout the course of the game, so big steps in that direction for this Dolphins team. Takeaway number two, I love the offensive attack coming out of the break in the second half. Maybe that's a little bit of a glimpse in the future in terms of what you might get there with the qu- young quarterback growing and developing into his game. Thought we saw a little bit of that in that second half despite a couple of the turnovers there, but just going boom, boom, boom down the field. A score and four minutes to open that drive. They got Devontae Parker involved on that drive early and often. Catches of 16, 13, 25, and 6 on that drive. Tua throwing in rhythm with those vertical routes. And really coming off the top of that drop and throwing the football down the field, working with some of the play action stuff as well, and just kind of finding their rhythm there in that second half. I thought that was encouraging to see. Hopefully, you can carry that momentum into next season as far as the offense goes. And Devontae Parker finishes the day with 116 yards. It's his third 100-yard game of the season, so kudos to Devontae there. Now, my third takeaway for this game, we're going to make this thing brief, guys. Small resource investments with big boons on the back end. What I'm talking about is free agent and draft bargain buys that don't show up initially in terms of the headline, like your first round draft pick, your second round draft pick even, or the blockbuster free agent deal. I'm talking about guys like Eric Rowe, who came in last year and signed a one-year contract and kind of earned his way into an extension last season and the dividends he's been paying off this season. So we start there with Eric Rowe, who I thought in this game again on Dawson Knox on several of those plays was in good position when this game was still you know very competitive on the scoreboard early on thought he was playing a hell of a game came down showed the ability to fit the run and 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 take down some some ball carriers there off the edge or inside as well 14 of the 16 tight ends I thought he faced this year he just really did a good job on obviously Travis Kelsey and and Darren Waller had years that basically show you that they were not stopped by anybody throughout the course of the NFL this year but I thought Eric Rowe throughout the entire season was excellent in that regard and you get him for that contract we talked about, getting him on a one-year deal back in 2019. Big hat tip there to the front office to make that happen and the coaching staff to develop him, find a role for him that got him to have this production this season, his first full season as a Dolphins safety. Emmanuel Ogba, what more can you say about that guy? Nine-sack season this year and it was way more than the sacks. He was hitting quarterbacks. He was forcing takeaways. Three forced fumbles this year. Had the big forced fumble that led to a touchdown against the Rams and again against the Cardinals. So just consistently made plays for this defense and he impacted the 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 pocket of the opposition way more so than the stats even show with constant pressure. We saw it early in this game as well. He was in the individual notes for me three or four times in the first half of this game, disrupting the pass rush lanes and getting in there against the run as well. So Emmanuel Ogba, a big, big hit in that offseason signing. A guy like Andrew Van Ginkle, a fifth-round draft pick. Go back over his previous two games, two sacks against the Raiders, one sack here against the Bills. We talked about his pass rush move he showed, and he's showing the ability to both win with power and speed, a complimentary pass rusher in that regard. He covers, he plays the run, does plenty of things to get in there and get his nose dirty and make plenty of plays for this defense. A guy like Miles Gaskin, a seventh-round draft pick in the same year as Van Ginkle. The kind of development you want to see there with two guys, second-year players drafted on the third day of the draft. Now, here they are, week 16, week 17, both having huge, huge games. Miles Gaskin chips in with 169 yards from scrimmage last week. This week winds up with 77 more to give him 246 yards from scrimmage over the final two games and a couple of touchdowns to go along with that. And we'll get more into this here in just one moment on a brief offseason preview of sorts. But after the offseason we just had and the fruit that it bared to go along with the development you're seeing of three guys on that list I just mentioned all came in in 2019 and developed a, a couple of young players. One veteran and Eric Rowe show up and they develop under this coaching staff and they wind up coming out on the other end with ultimate production at big positions all over your football field, all over your offense, defense, and in the kicking game. So it just, it's, to me it's it's promising about what this offseason will look like as you look back and reflect upon where this team was where some of these guys were in the development and where they are 16 games after the fact and i mean the defensive success the turnaround in the win loss column the progress in key areas like the defensive backfield like the pass rush like the offensive line up front you just have to love the direction this team was going after year 2 here number 4 takeaway number 4 is the the progress of so many other players throughout the course of the season. Miles Gaskin, we talked about him at the running back position. What about Savon Ahmed showing up here and producing more in this game after a couple of big games earlier in this season, and he comes over, you know, after being cut from the 49ers, winds up here in Miami and gives you some production there as well. The tight end position, Mike Gesicki continues his assault in terms of production at the position, up over 700 yards on the season, catches a gang of touchdowns. He's been scoring touchdowns pretty consistently since about November of last season, so he continues to ascend into that tight end stratosphere of the guys that really make a big impact in the passing game. Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe, a fourth-round draft pick in 2018 and Durham Smythe, a guy that was traded for a conditional draft pick this summer. These guys come in here and give you ultimate tight end depth, the most yards and touchdowns in a tight end room for the Miami Dolphins in the history of the franchise. On the offensive line, looks like you've got a three three rookie gems up front. With what we saw from Solomon Kinley this year, Austin Jackson in this game Tua a didn't really have that many quarterback hits in this game. Dolphins' offensive line protected him well, I think, throughout the course of the game. At the right tackle spot, I think Robert Hunt has been coming on like gangbusters playing his best football of the season down the stretch. I also Thought the veteran signings had good years, and Ted Karras and Eric Flowers up front as well. So, the offensive line, the resource, the investment into that position looks like they have made serious, serious turns from a year ago. How about the defensive line? Zach Sealer last year at the end of the year was a, you know, kind of in that same mold I talked about in takeaway number three with guys that were acquired for maybe not the headline grabbing, you know, price tag of a high draft pick or a huge free agent contract but he comes over, puts together a couple of nice games down the back half of the, or the back stretch of the season, and then he shows up this year and continues that ascent into a contract extension and proves to you that you've got a guy up front that's multiple, versatile, powerful, run defender, pass rusher, can do multiple things for you, and he joins a group of guys up there that, that's what all three of them can do. Christian Wilkins, I thought, had a damn good second season. Raquan Davis, very impressive as a rookie. Continuing along that defensive line, Emmanuel Ogba, we Talked about him. Thought Shaq Lawson had a very nice first year here in Miami. A lot of these guys on defense had a nice year because you had a top ranked defense throughout the course of the season you go back to this next level here of the defense linebackers we talked about Andrew Van Ginkle Kyle Van Noy was so sturdy all year long doing so many thankless tasks in terms of fitting the run setting the edge being a guy that really funneled the play back into the middle of the defense the teeth of the defense he covered he rushed he did multiple things a career year for Jerome Baker in terms of ball production with sacks and, and quarterback hits and he had a bunch of tackles again another 100 tackle season for Jerome Baker some forced fumbles Elandon Roberts had a nice stretch in the middle of the season there up until he got hurt and we week 16 where he was basically firing into the backfield and making tackles for loss all season long. So that group got kind of remade and looks damn good in its own right. And speaking of the linebacker position for the first time in dolphins history, three players whose primary position is linebacker registered five or more sacks in a season. Jerome Baker had seven this year. Kyle Van Noy had six and a half, and Andrew Van Ginkle had five sacks this season. So your second level of defense gets plenty of production out of those guys. You know, again, Van Ginkle, fifth round draft pick last year. Jerome Baker, a third round draft pick in 2018. Kyle Van Noy, a free agent signing. These guys that they brought in, developed them, whether they're veterans, young players, and got production out of those guys. And you Landon Roberts as well with the production he had this year as a free agent signing. It continues into the defensive backfield. Xavier Howard, a Defensive Player of the Year type of season. He had a big interception in this game, his 10th of the year. He winds up with 20 passes defensed which at the time of recording this podcast led the NFL as well as his 10 interceptions. He was the first player in the NFL to have 10 picks in a season since 2007, Antonio Cromartie, and he also tied a franchise record. Dick Westmoreland back in 1967 also had 10 interceptions. Byron Jones showed progress in his ball skills ability to go along with the exceptional coverage skills All throughout the season, we talked about Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain. Both those guys also look like absolute answers to that safety position after making the switch in 2019 with Brandon Jones flashing all throughout the year as a box defender, special teamer, just doing multiple things for this defense. We talked about this also. They closed out football games. They found a way to beat the Raiders and the Patriots and Bengals and Cardinals with good strong surges in the second half with come from behind drives in those games. In the second half, they blew teams out, wiped the Jaguars off the field, the 49ers, the Jets a couple of times, the Rams. We just haven't had more than what, one or maybe two games like that in most season, going back for almost two decades now, Flores and the staff showed you the ability to adapt and overcome different obstacles that arise throughout the course of the season in a very, very strange football season, you know, minus some coaches at sometimes The Patriots win with 250 rushing yards after a year without Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant and Mike Gasicki. The adaptability I thought was another strong suit of this team growth at multiple positions, showing the ability they can develop in veterans or rookies or you know in-between players alike. Just so much to be excited about for where this program, these people that are in charge of this program are headed. And the fifth takeaway here, we'll go ahead and take a quick brief look ahead at the offseason. And I kind of wrote a monologue for this, a brief one at that. And I just want to say that I know this podcast has mostly been about the positives, but take some time to be upset about this. You should be. I think the guys are, I think coaches Losing big games sucks, and the only reason it feels this bad when you're on this end of it is because it feels that good when you're on the other end of it. That's how this entire league goes. One team gets to feel the euphoria, the other team absolute despair. We were on the short end of that today. But when you come out of the hazed red, you step back and you evaluate what took place over the course of the last five months. Dolphins overturned the roster the, to enter the season with the second youngest roster, finished it with the third youngest roster, and they won nine of 11 games at one point with that roster, with a young, growing, improving roster. They are still winners of 10 of the final 14 games of the season, nine of the final 12. That's a good jump start heading into year three, as we mentioned in the takeaways tangible growth from several key players that were acquired in a variety of ways. And the offseason approach of gathering multiple, multiple, just vast amounts of resources, whether it's free agent money or draft picks, high level premium picks, then pursuing areas of the field with a true investment strategy to shape that position to coach Flores' vision and the staff and how they want it to look. It's another year of development for all those guys too. This year's draft class, we had so many young rookies on this team that were out there playing, contributing, another jump from those guys. If you can get the same type of production and jump like a Miles Gaskin or like a Nick Needham or like an Andrew Van Ginkle, how does that look going into next season? Another off season for those guys to craft their game, study the game, soak up what it means to be a pro. The five game win improvement this year was tied for the third best in franchise history, the 2004-2005 Dolphins and the 1982-1983 Dolphins. Both those 05 and 83 teams saw five game jumps as well. And of course, the 07 to 08 team went from one win to 11 wins and in 1980, 19- 1969 to 1970 we saw a 7 win improvement from 3 and 69 to 10 games in 1970. And what does Coach always say? You've got to build off that. You've got to build off the things you're successful at. You've got to work on the things and improve the things that you're not successful at. Add some more firepower this offseason and come in hot to 2021. Because the way it stands right now, Miami, as a result of the late games, as the Tennessee Titans beat the Houston Texans, that draft pick is number three overall. So we're going to have the third pick in this upcoming draft. And we'll talk about that plenty on this podcast. We also now have the 18th pick in the draft as a result of the way the games went today. Miami, the kind of first team on the outside part of that draft bubble or the playoff bubble rather of the draft that'll be pick number 18 they'll also have pick number 36 from the houston texans as well you might say hey that should be 35 picking third in the second round those two picks will flip with the falcons because the strength of schedule alternates those draft picks every other round so that second round draft pick of the texans will be the fourth pick of the second round number 36 overall and then we have the 50th pick as well in our own spot our own internal draft pick our own uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Organic draft pick at number 50. So two picks in the top 20, four in the top 50, three in the top 36. It's a good place to start heading into another offseason. And again, it's your right, really kind of your duty as a fan to be upset because that is your proof of emotional investment. Just like all the people that make this Miami Dolphins operation tick from coaches to players to people behind the scenes. But again, broader picture, bird's eye view. I think we have the right people here in charge and they are armed with a ton of resources in this offseason. season. So with that, on that note, let's go ahead and talk about 2021 here just real briefly and preview the offseason. The 2021 opponents are now set. The Dolphins at home will have the New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, and New York Jets, but you already knew that. They'll also face the Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts, and because the Ravens jumped the Browns to finish second in the AFC North, we'll have the Ravens at home at Hard Rock Stadium next year, as well as the two teams from the NFC South and the Falcons and Panthers. Now on the road... Patriots, Bills, Jets, that never changes. The Titans and Jags of the AFC South will be road games for the Dolphins this year. And then we'll also have the Raiders on the road as as that second place team in the AFC West. They beat the, Char- or the Broncos in the Week 17 game and they finished second in the AFC West. We'll also get the Saints and Bucks on the road to round out that 2021 schedule. As for the offseason, you guys know it never stops here. Senior Bowl coming up here short, quick. The Combine right around the corner. Pro days, free agency, the 2021 scheduled release, and of course the draft in April. Plenty to look forward to here in the offseason because the season never sleeps and neither do we here. On Drive Time. We'll have you guys covered on all that stuff and much more, and plenty in between here on Drive Time as well as MiamiDolphins.com. As for today's edition of the Drive Time podcast, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Do not forget to check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast, and of course, MiamiDolphins.com. And for my first season here on the mic here with the Miami Dolphins, a big, big thank you to all parties involved with the Miami Dolphins the listeners out there the team they all make this possible for me to do this so I appreciate all of you guys for supporting the podcast listening to the podcast giving me feedback on Twitter whatever it might be if you have a hand this podcast I very 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 much appreciate you and thank you all for this first season here with the Miami Dolphins but like the team we're just getting started we'll be back for more off-season content and coverage here coming up shortly on the drive time podcast until next time fence fans fins up